Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where today on Tuesday, we got a twofer. It's two for Tuesday. Two big guests are joining us. First up, Congressman Devin Nunez, the ranking Republican on House Intelligence Committee. He's been on the show many times. We're grateful he's coming back to talk about a story I helped break this weekend, a new investigation by Republicans on the House Intelligence Committee on how American companies, wittingly and unwittingly, are aiding China's efforts to supplant the United States as the premier military and economic superpower of the world. We're actually aiding and abetting. You have to hear what Congressman Nunez has to say. They released a three-page memo over the weekend. I, I put it on Just the News, and we did a lot of reporting on it. Some really scary things about how the Chinese government are using economic ties, political ties, turning American companies into Chinese lobbyists uh, for legislatures and Congress, federal agencies. Uh, this is a scary dynamic. It's happening right beneath our eyes. You're not going to want to miss that interview with Devin Nunez coming up in just a few minutes. And then after that, I'm going to introduce you to a new political figure. She's taking on the role of giant killer, hoping to knock off Senator Lisa Murkowski in the state of Alaska. The Murkowski name has been entrenched in Alaskan politics for probably about a half century, close to a half century, first with her father, Frank, and then Lisa after that, two, two senators, governors, a lot of different connections. Um, Kelly Chewbacca, a new Republican running against um, uh, Lisa Murkowski in the 2022 election. She's going to be joining us for the first time to tell us what is going on in the race, what she stands for, what's the difference between her and Lisa Murkowski, what's at stake in the 2022 Alaskan race. She just got endorsed, Kelly Chewbacca did, by President Trump. She's worked previously as inside the Inspector General's community in the federal government, so she's been a big advocate of cutting waste, fraud, and abuse, something we, we at Just the News highlight every week with our Golden Horseshoe Award. Well, we're going to talk to Kelly about what her ideas are for tightening up spending, getting uh, agencies on mission, on budget, saving your tax dollars. When she was commissioner of administration in the state of Alaska, she put a project into place to save Alaska tax dollars uh, by efficiency, by insisting on data 
uh, performance data, the sort of things we do in our family and in our companies, but the government seems to have lost track of. Uh, a really important conversation with Kelly Chewbacca. I think you're going to love this interview. Uh, so Devin Nunez, Kelly Chewbacca, back to back. We got two for Tuesday here at John Solomon Reports and justthenews.com. We're going to go to quick commercial break. First up, Congressman Devin Nunez right after the break. Thanks. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest. He's been on the show many times. We're so grateful. Congressman Devin Nunez is joining us. Congressman, good to have you back. John, it's always a pleasure to be on your show. Love, love your uh, website and everything you're doing with Just the News. So, Thank you. Well, this weekend, we had a lot of fun working on the memo that you made public uh, with the House Intelligence uh, Committee Republicans on the unwitting and witting ways that American companies may be helping China uh, supplant the United States as, as the premier military and economic superpower. Tell us what you found and what you're most concerned about in the early stages of this investigation. Well, just to take everybody back, this is an ongoing investigation that started a decade ago. The beginning of it, it was actually bipartisan. We did some great work on Chinese communications and telecom companies, right. specifically Huawei and ZTE, uh, that ultimately led to a very successful Trump administration policy of going to many of our allies and warning them about the dangers of using these chi Chinese telecom companies. So we went from there, and then, of course, the Russia hoax started, and since then, the Democrats have been completely unengaged on China fact, have gone a long period of time of either hijacking our, our committee hearings on China or not participating at all. And at a time when you know, China is definitely on the rise from the size and scope of their Navy that's you know, now, I think many people believe, larger than our own Navy. Right. They're trying to replace the, the U.S. dollars, the world's reserve currency. They're not coming clean on the origins of the coronavirus. And of course, if you're, they, they own so much manufacturing and they're lowering the price of, of energy in their country so that they can continue to, to compete uh, globally. They're locking up oil and minerals, oil, gas, and minerals all, all over the world. And meanwhile, they're selling us solar panels. <laughs> Amazing. So, so this is all being done to displace the United States in the long run to make it almost impossible for us to manufacture most goods and services. And, you know, look, this is being done with the with either the witting or unwitting help of U.S. companies. So you know, I'll just point out one thing, John, let's get to the next question. But we're, we're talking about critical race theory, Black Lives right. Matter all over this country. You know, it has to do with slavery that the Republican Party ended in this country over 150 years ago. And yet you've got these U.S. companies relying on Slave labor. Isn't that amazing? Uggers, yeah. Low cost la labor at best. And you've got a genocide going on there against the Uyghurs. So it just seems like we're completely, everything is just completely backwards. The world's turned on its head. And, 
and we're not operating with full situational awareness of the truth. Like, why would you be running around this country talking about slavery that's been gone, saying that white supremacy is the biggest issue, yet you've got all these major companies actually using slave labor, and they have to give up half their ownership, but Chinese nationals on the board that all are affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party. So this is, I think, the most important investigation we've had to date. We're going to be looking at not only Chinese influence on U.S. corporations, but also supply chains, which is probably the most important because we are so vulnerable, as we found out at the beginning of this. Yeah, this pandemic, pandemic exposed that. No, no doubt about it. What is the next phase? So uh, the first phase of the memo identified the, the overarching problems that American companies are winning, unwittingly participating, that um, uh, we have vulnerabilities in the supply chain. Is the next phase to name names of companies that are engaged either wittingly or unwittingly in practices that are helping China? Is that a would, would that be the next logical uh, part of the investigation? Yeah. So, so what we did, we laid out the, this investigation. And one thing is, is we're, you know, we don't have a, a large staff. So we're limited as to how many U.S. entities we can actually look at. So right. what we released on Sunday uh, were the different areas of focus of, of U.S. entities. So, for example, agriculture, something people don't really think of. A lot of people know about sports and, and entertainment. That's been publicized quite a bit. But also the technology sector, basic manufacturing sector, pharma, the pharmaceutical sector and health device sector. So we kind of have divided it by sectors. And then we are looking at individual companies and we are sending them questionnaires. So we're doing a, a reports on these companies and sending them questionnaires. So we hope to get up to, we've done about a little over a dozen uh, that we're doing this week, and probably in another couple of weeks, we'll have another couple dozen, and we'll probably, our goal now is to, and we're not going to stop, we're going to follow the facts where they lead us, Sure. but we're probably going to end up looking at, at probably around 50 U.S. entities. Wow. And that's, so, That'll be historic? Yeah, it would, look, it would, it's just going to be, it's, we're going to see what we can find. Like, I, I don't want to, at this point, I'm not going to name the companies or the U.S. entities because we want to give them an opportunity to respond and cooperate with our investigation. Sure. Now, if they do not cooperate, uh, then I think you can bet that we're going to make it. We're going to make it well known that that these these U.S. entities aren't cooperating because, of course, we don't have subpoena power. We don't right. control the the gavel. Yep, the Dems have that right now. Yep. So all we can do is announce the investigation, ask questions, and try to provide good oversight and transparency for the American people. But I can tell you that we are really, and just, I, I knew this was bad. I mean, we've been investigating this for 10 years, but I, I had no idea it was this bad. I just did not know. I'm just, once you start to get down into the weeds yeah. and you start to actually look at these U.S. entities and you say, you, you just come away like, like, and this is without even getting the official response from the company. So we're just looking at what we know from open source. Wow. Just open source. I mean, the, the, I mean, for example, the, the, the technology sector, the phones and the chips and everything that are being made, we're starting to see that now uh, with COVID and we can't, you know, we're, we're, our supply chains across the U.S. are being impacted because we can't get computer chips. Right. So, so look, this is going to be far reaching. Uh, I think it's going to be very illuminating to the, to the American people just how much we rely on China. And they've done it while essentially, you know, we've been asleep as a country, and now you've got the Democratic Party that's refusing to participate. And I'll just, you know, with this, John, we, we just are, are we're in the middle of a hearing right now on the origins 
of the China virus. Right. That's going on right now as we speak. I, I testified earlier. The Democrats created this select committee, yet have refused to hold a single hearing, and they're not participating. I mean, why would you not hold a hearing on the origins of the China virus? It makes no sense at all. I, I just don't understand it. You know, it, it, is it just pure politics where they don't want to say, yeah, Donald Trump and Republicans were right when they said this probably came out of a, out of a lab? Or is, it, or is it more nefarious than that? We just don't know at this point. But we're going to continue to open things up and, and provide information for the American public. And hopefully we have websites and social media sites that will actually cover it. Yeah, and I say that that's because, so important. Yeah, Facebook and YouTube block they do. anybody who said anything that this might have originated in a lab. It's crazy. It's amazing to think of that happened in America. Uh, and, um, you know, and I want to remind everyone that it was Congressman Nunez who led the investigation that unraveled, unraveled the FBI uh, uh, Russia collusion case, uh, as bad as that was. So this is right up your alley, being able to take on a complex subject. I want to turn to one question. Is there a moment? We had Kale Klingenpeel on this uh, podcast yesterday. He's a former chief economist for the National Economic Advisors for President Trump. He said it's time to put MFN back on the table, meaning most favored nation status. Maybe it's time that China doesn't get permanent uh, rights and it has to compete to a access our markets and our trade every year. Do you think we've reached that uh, moment in, in history yet? I think more than that. Uh, when, when Donald Trump first put on the tariffs. We, you know, we had heard every single president say, oh, we're going to be tough on China. Yeah, right. Every Republican. And never happened. <laughs> nothing ever, ever happened. And when Donald Trump said, yeah, I'm going to get tough. I mean, nobody really believed him. Then he, then he put tariffs on. So I think what we really are, are going to have to look at here, if we have a serious administration, it's not just the most favored nation status, but it's also, uh, I, I believe, putting on some real tariffs, especially if they're not going to be open with the with the coronavirus and they're going to continue to play games with their currency. Yeah. And look, this next step they're looking to take, John, is they're, the Chinese are looking to build their own cryptocurrency. Right. I mean, Supplant that us. is a yep. complete recipe uh, for disaster worldwide because they can force any money they give out on their so-called Silk Road initiative. Can you imagine their currency, if, they, right? yeah. if, if they force you not only, but to force them to use their cryptocurrency? You know how easy it would be to manipulate a Chinese cryptocurrency, what the Chinese would be able to do? Yeah, With such that, an so, important point. Yeah, it, it, it really is. So, look, the, the main thing is we have to get to the bottom. We have to follow the facts. We have to identify all of our vulnerabilities. And, we, and the vulnerabilities are massive. I mean, we are so reliant on China for, for so much of what we consume here in the United States. And, Part of the concept would be that we've got to see, you know, obviously we can't make everything here in the U.S. Right. Uh, but, you know, there are places like like Mexico, Central America, uh, even other places in Asia, like Vietnam, the Philippines. These are places that we can't move fast enough to see if they can pick up uh, some of the, the manufacturing. But, you know, it's really hard because the Chinese are not, you know, they don't have to make money. That's so right. They're not. You know, they're not in the same position uh, that, that, that many of these countries are where it takes investment capital because they're doing it. And when they don't like something, they just, they just move pay a for lever. themselves. Yeah. They, they, they move a lever and they can shut things down entirely. Yeah. And, you know, they can compete and beat us on, on just about every, any sector of the economy they can beat us on. And that's the Australians have found out that out the hard way. Yes, they did. 
Yeah, no, their trade war has been epic. Last question, Delta variant. A lot of people worried about COVID lockdown again. Are we going backward? Any intel, anything that you're hearing as a member of Congress about where the country's headed to in this in this next course of the pandemic? Well, I would say this much. The, the Delta variant, and there's like a Delta plus variant now, right. uh, which is, I think, even more circumstantial evidence that this just didn't come from some animal because this spread so quickly. Right. I would say, number one, is the world can't go into any afford to go in, into any more any more lockdowns. lockdowns. Yeah. The good thing is, right, so far is we finally got past all the nonsense and pseudo fake science and now doctors are able to actually use treatments and, and therapeutics, which we've been able if you catch this early enough, most people can get over it quickly. Right. And especially now we've got these other drugs. Hydroxychloroquine is obviously the one that's that's been talked about a lot. Right. Uh, but just the mixture of, of of antibiotics along with steroids, and then some of these antivirals, ivermectin is, is another one that's being talked about. So now I think people have, have figured out, well, we're not going to listen to Fauci and the World Health Organization yep. or the Democrat Socialist Party. Let our doctors like, we're take the lead. To doctors and let doctors actually treat this. And we're going to have to go outside the bounds of what the, of what the rules and regulations are. And for God's sake, if we're forcing all these Americans to get vaccines that, that skip the process, we ought to be able to use these long-term therapeutics that have been on the market in some case for decades to try to treat these new variants. But I will tell you, I, I think just further lockdowns are exactly, we'd be, in, we'd be playing into exactly what the Chinese want. I mean, lockdowns just, they just don't work. And we yeah. know that from our own That's country. Right. Some of the it's places spread that despite our lockdowns. Down, yeah. yeah. The places that were locked down the, the, the most, and some places were the worst. And people, yeah. places that weren't locked down at all, you really see no difference. I mean, the fact of the matter is this, this is a very dangerous virus because it's so contagious. And that's likely because it was developed in a lab in a, in a biological warfare lab. And uh, this is not going to be, it's not going to be solved overnight. I mean, look, we can knock on wood and, and hope that these, that these vaccines and people who have had or already had COVID, uh, that the antibodies will work against this, but this could continue for a while. I mean, we, we don't know yet, but it's right. something that we're all paying attention to closely. Well, you talked about an important shift, putting it back into the doctor's hands and not into the bureaucrat's hands. Let's hope that happens. Congressman, we are so blessed to have you on the show every time. You always bring a lot of news and we learn a lot. And I can't thank you enough for the time today. Uh, anytime, John. Thanks, thanks a lot for having me. All right. My pleasure, sir. Thank you very much. All right, folks, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we got a very special guest from Alaska. You're going to want to hear about the race against Lisa Murkowski right after this. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, somebody who's making waves in the political landscape, particularly in the great state of Alaska. Joining us right now is Kelly Chewbacca, the brand new 
Republican candidate for U.S. Senate. And yes, and you say, well, we have a senator in Washington. Her name is Lisa Murkowski. Well, guess what? Kelly is challenging Senator Murkowski, and that's going to be a big moment. And uh, I'm glad to welcome Kelly to the show. Good to have you on. Thanks for having me, John. Such an honor to be with you today. Uh, same here. And uh, we've been watching with uh, great marvel. You've made a lot of uh, progress already, a lot of discussion. President Trump has endorsed you. Uh, tell us why you got into this race. Why are you challenging, you know, a, a pretty big name in Alaska? The Murkowski name's been around a long time. Well, it's plain and simple. I love Alaska and I love Alaskans. You know, my parents moved up here in the 70s. They were looking for more opportunity my dad had been trained as an electrician in Vietnam, and he got a job working for our Anchorage Telephone Utility, worked there as a union guy till he retired. Wow. My mom got a job up on the slope at Prudhoe Bay uh, before our pipeline was built, and life was hard for them for a while. They, they were living homeless under a tarp in one of our parks in Anchorage, but it was those jobs that turned our life around. It was an oil and gas job specifically. And we became middle class. They put me in college and Alaska gave us so much opportunity that they lived out the American dream. But those kind of jobs and opportunities, they just aren't available in Alaska right now. They haven't been for a while. Yeah. And I just think that every family in Alaska should have the opportunity that my parents had, you know, to just work an honest job, put a roof over their head, maybe send their little girl to college. But Lisa Murkowski, partnering with the Biden administration, they are doing a full-on attack and assault on our resource industry, and it's hurting our workers, it's hurting our economy, it's hurting our dreams, it's hurting our ability to be energy independent. So I'm opposing Lisa Murkowski because she opposes us, and Alaska's lined up behind me, and that's why we're going to get our seat back. I've got a 20-point lead in the polls right now, and we're feeling really confident about this race. It's uh, pretty remarkable how quickly the polls moved and and uh, and because of President Trump's uh, support. How important was that getting a, a Trump endorsement literally at the beginning of your of your campaign? Oh, John, it's a game changer up here. And that's because Trump's the best president Alaska's ever had. That's why he he's won by double digits in our state in both elections. He allowed us to responsibly develop our resources across all industries. We're a resource state. And he knows that we're owed federal lands by the federal government. He was transferring millions of acres to us. In contrast, uh, the Biden administration is looking to take millions of acres more, and they're going to lock down 73% of our state. Keep in mind that we are over twice the size of Texas. Um, Trump appointed constitutionalist judges that would protect our rights, and that's important to Alaska. So he appointed Kavanaugh and Barrett. Lisa Murkowski opposed both of them. And she opposed all of those things that I mentioned. She opposed supporting our military and supporting strong borders. And President Trump was a supporter of both of them. And it's for those reasons that the Alaska Republican Party has censured Lisa Murkowski. They've even said that she's not allowed to call herself a Republican in our state anymore. So she can't run as a Republican in our next election. And they're going through the process of appointing a Republican pre-primary because we don't have a primary, a party primary process anymore. So I've got the support of the former Republican Party chairs and many districts and the women's Republican Party clubs. And so I think we're going to win this race. We raised more in the first three days than Lisa Murkowski did the last three months of 2020. And a lot of that's because America has been supporting us listeners like the ones you have. And so we can get support at kellyforak.com if people listening want to help us. It's hard to take on someone like Murkowski, but Trump fans and Americans across the country have been helping us. Yeah, there's no doubt. You can see you can see the support and enthusiasm very early, and also you can see the mainstream media attacking already. So you know you're you're onto <laughs> something when that starts. 
I want to take you to something because it, we, we'd have a weekly award, uh, put award in quote, uh, air quotes here, uh, uh, called the Golden Horseshoe. And it highlights the extraordinary, one example per week of extraordinary waste and abuse in our uh, taxpayers' money. And it's just, it's become so accepted that we can spend money recklessly in Washington. But you really have made this a priority, not only for your campaign, but when you were the commissioner of administration in Alaska, you have really attacked waste and fraud. And I wanted to talk a little bit, one, what got you focused on that? And then how'd you pull off what you did in Alaska? Oh, I love talking about this. This is uh, what we've, what I focus on in my career. And thanks to my parents, they really trained me in this. Mom was an auditor. Dad always questioned management. <laughs> in the Department of Administration, we ended up shrinking government, cutting costs. And we started a data analytics office, which I was inspired to do during my time as the data, the chief data officer at the inspector general for the postal service. Right. And we also started an internal affairs function and all of that. We were able to digitize government, change procurement, change HR. We did some reviews that, you know, found the interesting things, but we set us up to save $400 million in state government over the next five years. Wow. We achieved about $75 million in savings in the little over two years I was commissioner. But when you talk about golden horseshoes, I mean, some of the things that we found when I was commissioner is um, state employees using purchase cards to do things like um, make purchases at Vegas resorts and Walt Ugh. Disney resorts and get away with that Ugh. on state dime. Um, we found uh, charges in our Medicaid program on services being performed on patients who are already deceased or on teeth that had already been extracted and the state was paying for that. Uh, we also found, um, what were some of the other things? We found a, a guy used a credit card and gave it to In-N-Out Burger, and you could just see multiple transactions oh through gosh. a day as if we treated everybody to Everybody lunch got a free day. hamburger on uh, Uncle Sam huh? <laughs> or on yep, Alaska yeah, those Sam. Are, uh, those are yeah. Alaskans' dollars at work. Oh. Oh, how awful. Well, we, we highlight that. And it's, you know, it's amazing. It, well, there was a time where conservatives and Republicans really worried about the deficit, about uh, spending wisely, shrinking the size of government. And that's kind of gone out in vogue. And Elisa Murkowski, I think, is in that club that, you know, during her tenure in the Senate, the size of government has exploded, whether it's the Homeland Security Department or all the money we gave away after the pandemic. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see this issue and you bring this issue back. Having been an inspector general at a federal agency, uh, you know, having worked in that office, how much of the federal government is literally superfluous? Meaning if we cut it off tomorrow, no one would notice uh, it was gone. I think the important thing to figure out first is how much of the federal government is on mission. One of the things I noticed in working in oversight of many federal agencies is they are not required to have strategic plans mission statements to develop assets or resource plans to mission. And you think about the private sector, can you imagine um, reporting to your shareholders or stakeholders? Um, we don't know what our mission is next year, or how many resources we're going to need. There's a, there is no business plan. <laughs> oh, man. And that's literally how we do most of government. And so every year we turn in budget proposals and government always grows. It always moves to inertia and it always needs more resources. And the fact is, when we would go in and do um, resource analyses, if you simply develop a strategic plan and say, okay, what are the goals, the metrics, if you actually move to metrics and results, if we're going to achieve something, you can right size, which is a nice word for saying move to smaller and move to less, right. if you actually hold government to achieving metrics, um, saying, you know, this much is superfluous, 
I don't know, but I can tell you that when you use that method, almost always we are shrinking government and cutting costs and achieving more results because you're actually making them move to a results-based or yeah. um, metrics-based methodology. The way we run our companies and our families, but the government hasn't run itself that way in a very long time. Uh, it's really amazing, Kelly, to to see you bring this issue back to the forefront because it's really fallen out of favor in the conservative movement. There's just not a lot of people talking about this mammoth $30 trillion deficit we're lurching towards or uh, or just how wasteful so much of the government agencies are. So getting them on mission and getting them on budget is going to be a really fun thing to watch. Um, energy. Alaska being one of the great energy states in our country. Uh, President Trump made a lot of strides to grow energy uh, opportunities there. And then Joe Biden came in and reversed it. And I wonder, as you look out, you know, Alaska's closest foreign neighbor, Russia, just got a pipeline approval from Joe Biden while the TransCanada pipeline that flowed into our country was shut down. Do you think Americans are ready to have this debate on, on energy policy as Joe Biden has structured it? Americans already are having this debate. I mean, this debate affected our Southeast corridor just a couple weeks ago when Russians did a cyber attack and launched all of our gas prices into the orbit, right? right. And then Joe Biden went over and started um, doing terrorist negotiations with Putin, where he said, this is what you can attack and this is what you can't attack. So now our diplomacy strategy is to literally negotiate with terrorists. We're already having this debate, and it wasn't just the Keystone Excel pipeline that he shut down because on day one of the administration, they shut down all exploration, discovery, and yeah. drilling of any oil and gas in Alaska, which is the key to energy independence in our country. And so we're giving a green light to Russia, who hurts the environment more. Um, we, that's proven in all of our studies when they do oil and gas development, but we're shutting down oil and gas development in Alaska, who always does it cleaner and greener and can actually drive our oil and gas prices down in, in the United States and lead us to greater national security and how we do it. We are having this debate robustly in America right now. It just takes on different forms. And we need to realize that Joe Biden and the radical administration that's being pushed by Lisa Murkowski. She was the deciding vote to allow his Department of Interior secretary through. Yeah. Um, this is hurting our economy. It's hurting our security. It's hurting us in foreign diplomacy and it's hurting our environment. Yeah, it's such an important moment to for people to realize and when we go to the gas pumps, we feel the pain, but we need to understand all the policies behind it that led to that pain. And it seems as though that moment has come. That debate has has begun uh, what are the most important uh, principles, policies you want to bring to Washington? What what makes you different than Lisa Murkowski's should you set foot in the Senate on day one? Well, number one, I'm not a pushover with the D.C. insiders. You know, up here in Alaska, we can see that Lisa Murkowski's become a lot more like the Biden administration. She's endorsed by Joe Manchin. She's praised by George Soros. We see her smiling in pictures with Kamala. Um, those are not Alaska values. When you're When you're endorsing and supporting people like the Secretary of Interior, who has a track record of shutting down fossil fuels, and it's just putting so many of our workers out of business and turning us into a national park, um, those are not Alaska values. So we need to support an energy and resource economy up here in Alaska, first and foremost. But then we can move on to other things like Lisa Murkowski supports having illegal immigrants who commit crimes coming into our country and staying here. We do not support that. In Alaska, we want an equal, legal, and safe immigration policy. Um, Lisa Murkowski has not done very much at all. Her dad have been in that seat for two-thirds of the time we've been a state. We need access to those lands if we're going to have our economy. 
We want to fight for our Second Amendment rights by having judges who preserve those rights, like Kavanaugh and Barrett. So we want constitutionalists and textualist judges. She votes against them. We would vote for them. We want to do things like get a reform in healthcare so it actually works for our state. We want our costs down and we want our choices up. She was the deciding vote to keep Obamacare. We would get rid of it. We would do things like, you know, not impeach President Trump, especially if we're a Republican senator. She says it's her constitutional duty, but we understand how to read the Constitution and it's not what the Constitution says. Those are some of the basic distinguishing factors between me and Lisa Murkowski. Um, but we also need election integrity. And uh, one of the things that we would stand for is cleaning up this election mess that we see the bills that they have going through Congress right now would actually put into law everything that is just a, a map for election abuse. And we want to see some changes in our states and in our nation that really guarantee the right to vote for everyone. And they would put election integrity back into our system. Yeah, those are very important issues that uh, the American, you know, the polling shows America overwhelming. Isn't like 50 percent, it's 70, 80 percent support most of what you've, you've talked about as, as your platform. Very, very important uh, synchronicity with where Americans um, are today. The, uh, the challenge in Alaska could be that you could have a three-way election next year, right? Murkowski could try to run as an independent again or a write-in like she did a few years back. How important is it for Republicans to get behind one candidate? And are you worried about a, a plurality election where you have a Democrat, an independent, and a Republican vying for the, for the, uh, the seat? John, the key to this race is all the Republicans coming in behind one candidate. Lisa Murkowski has never had 50% or more of the vote in Alaska. Usually she wins by um, Republicans splitting their vote or a, um, a trick plate, if you will, or some kind of sleight of hand. So this time we've really unified the base and having the President Trump endorsement really helps with that. But we were unifying the base before with a strong right. poll lead and so many endorsements. The split three ways actually really helps because Lisa Murkowski pulls most of her votes from the Democrats. So having a Democrat in the race with Lisa Murkowski this time, she's gone so far to the left that that really helps us, especially if we've unified our base. And we don't have a typical election process with a party primary. It's more like two generals. Right. It doesn't mean that this is an easy race. It's still really challenging because she has so much name recognition and we're the new candidate on the block and we're going up against so many PACs and DC insiders who are funding her. So again, that's why this grassroots movement, we've got donors in all 50 states and everyone's helping out and pitching in at that website, kellyforak.com has just been such a life giving. She's never had to run after Donald Trump's been president. And I think that her true color showing and so many of his supporters helping us has really helped to push our, our campaign momentum forward. Yeah, I mean, you can feel that momentum and you see it in the polls. Uh, you talked early on about your parents starting homeless in Alaska and then eventually being able to send their daughter to Harvard. What's something personal about yourself that you want voters to know because you're going to bring it to Washington? Um, I think one of the, one of the things I, that has really been meaningful to me in this race is I realized what motivated me to jump in, you know, to make a really big decision when I've never done politics or political career before. Right. When I was a kid, I was bullied really badly in Alaska. For a while, it was because I was poor. And then later, it was because I was conservative and Christian. I was bullied by teachers and coaches and peers. But I also had a lot of Alaskans who stood up for me, mentors and coaches, my godmother, even the theater community. They helped me to become who I am today. And 
earlier this year, in January, February, when I was thinking about jumping in, it occurred to me, um, we're being bullied right now as a state, bullied by a really heavy-handed administration. And these are the same people who stood up for me, stood up for my family, changed the course of our family destiny. And I have an opportunity right now to stand up for the people who stood up for us. And I'm going to do that. And I'm not the kind, my parents raised me, my coaches, my mentors raised me. I was never the one to shrink back. Right. <laughs> Anytime I've encountered adversity, you know, you match it toe to toe. And so I was not the shrinking flower. I just became more convicted in my convictions. But I'm going to be able to take that same heart and spirit to the Senate floor. We don't do bullies in Alaska, and we're not going to be the ones that shrink back and are intimidated. There's this kind of crystallizing uh, picture of one of the Democrat senators pinning Lisa Murkowski up against the wall during the Kavanaugh hearings and, and really intimidating her. Right. You're never going to see a photo like that of me in Capitol Hill ever. I don't do bullies. Alaska doesn't do bullies. And the reason is because these are the people who fought for me. And so now I have a chance to fight for them. And what an honor that is. Yeah, that is. It's an amazing thing. Everyone who's ever gone into public service realizes what an incredible opportunity it is to stand and fight for the, the people that sent you to Washington. And it sounds like you're you're ready for that fight. So Kelly, how do people follow you on Twitter, Facebook, uh, uh, your campaign? What are the best ways to stay in touch with you? Yeah, on social media, we've got several places, Facebook, Twitter, and others, you know, Rumble, et cetera. And it's all under Kelly for Alaska. And then again, our website, kelly4ak.com. John, thank you so much for having me on your show today. Oh, a real honor. And we're going we're gonna to be following this way. So hopefully we'll uh, be happy back on in the near future. I would love that. Thank you so much. Sounds great. Have a great day. You too. Bye. All right, folks. We're going to do a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. All right, folks, what a double decker of interviews. How lucky were we to get both Congressman Devin Nunes and candidate for Alaska Senate Kelly Chewbacca on the same show. A lot of thoughts, a lot of ideas, a lot of policies, a lot of food to chew on, particularly uh, the concerns about China. We really need to worry about China. Don't forget about what Kelly Chewbacca said about how we could get federal agencies to start saving instead of wasting our tax dollars. Important, important issues, important ideas all around. All right. We're about to head off for the night and let you get to dinner and uh, your family activities at night. Maybe there's soccer, baseball, getting ready for the Major League Baseball All-Star game, which isn't in Atlanta now. It's in Denver. Not that I don't like Denver, but Atlanta was supposed to be the place, the place where we're going to honor the great Hammer and Hank Aaron. Uh, but that got caught up in politics and MLB moved it away. So, if you had, uh, But before we do that, you know, we have some amazing partners every day at justthenews.com, at John Solomon Reports. These are people that make our shows, our news, our reporting all possible. And uh, they have amazing offers for you. And so if you're like me, someone running a small business, let me tell you, HR, human resources can be time consuming. It can literally take you off mission to focus on all of the different compliance issues, all of the different legal issues, 
all of the uh, important issues of managing your most important resource, which is our, your humans, right? That's your most important resource. Well, my friends at Bambi have just the solution for you. Take it off your plate. Take that burden off your shoulders so you can focus on strategy and success and profits and business and growing your staff, growing your company. How does Bambi do that? Well, they've got a $99 a month opportunity where they basically dedicate an HR manager to you and your company. That's pretty amazing. Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E. Remember that name, Bambi. Uh, they take care of everything. Your dedicated manager is available by phone, email, real-time chat. You can check instantly with them. They can take onboarding. They can help with terminations. They can customize your policies to fit your business. And they help manage your employees day-to-day and it just costs $99 a month. That's insane. What a great deal. How do you do that? Well, you start by getting a free HR audit. Bambi starts by just taking a look at your company, what you need, how they can fit in, how they can be that go-to dedicated HR manager whenever you need them. To get this audit started, to get the process started, to get that $99 deal, by the way, amazing opportunity, go to Bambi.com. B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash just news. Go there right now, get the audit started and lined up and get this incredible relationship for you, your employees, your company. You're going to feel like you got a massive HR department when you're done. It's an amazing opportunity. Again, one more time, that's Bambi.com, B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash just news. And you'll get this incredible opportunity. I'm so grateful. It's a great opportunity. So many of our listeners are small business owners like myself. And we know what HR takes. And it sure is great to have someone in the trenches taking the lead for you on uh, human resources. Uh, check them out now today. Bambi.com. B-A-M-B-E-E.com slash Just News to get started. You won't be disappointed. All right, folks, we're going to have some big investigative stuff coming up the next couple of days. Can you say Hunter Biden? I can. I think we're going to have some new news coming out in the next 48 hours on that. Other big guests. We've got some great uh, congressmen and, and members of Congress coming up, as well as some folks on the front lines of the most important issues, such as critical race theory, which is sweeping across this country. Big debate about what we're going to teach our, our students. Are we going to teach them how to think or are we going to teach them what to think according to liberals and progressives. We're going to have some great experts on that. A very busy week heading into the uh, 4th of July weekend where we will celebrate, yes, the 245th birthday of this great nation. So as we go off tonight, as we prepare for fireworks and hot dogs and lots of hot summer this weekend, keep this in mind. Our amazing God have blessed us here at Just the News at John Solomon Reports, and he has blessed this amazing country for 245 years, the grandest and greatest country ever invented by man. And uh, we have an opportunity, our generation, to make sure that it lives on as the greatest, the number one superpower in America. Remember what Devin Nunes told you today about the threats and about some in our country who are yielding to Chinese pressure, both wittingly and unwittingly. Important to keep that in mind, but we're going to have a chock full week. We're going to head into that holiday week and haven't earned our time, our off time, because we got some big thoughts, some big investigations, some big data coming up, and also some big interviews with great Americans. All right. Have a great night. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports. And in the meantime, if you need a news fix, you want to know what's going on. The real story, just the facts, not indoctrination, just the news, not noise. Remember to go to justthenews.com 24-7. We got you covered with our great staff. 
All right, folks, God bless and good night. We'll be back tomorrow.